but you know, I try to buy, you know, properties in good condition. Yeah. Um, and then I rent it. I want to see value kind of right away. Is there, is there an X factor, right? Can I increase the rents in some way? Um, can I reduce expenses, right? Is there another way to make money within that property that maybe the previous owner overlooked? What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where I, Kyle, from Kyle Curtin Real Estate, interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building, and personal finance industries. Let's build together. What's up, guys? This week's guest on the podcast is an incredible real estate investor in the Boston area, as well as the founder of the investor-focused real estate team, The L Group. Leanne has a really cool story, and we chatted about some very valuable concepts in this episode. Some of the things that we talked about included having the audacity to dream, the pros of buying turnkey properties, self-management versus passive management, and so much more. Leanne gives several valuable tips for new investors as well as experienced investors looking to scale up, sprinkled throughout this episode, and you are going to have to listen to find out. There is so much to learn from this episode, and I hope you enjoy. Let's jump right into the episode. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 81 of the Creating Wealth podcast. Today, we get the great pleasure of chatting with Lien Vong, the absolutely incredible team lead of the L Group, an investment property focused team out of Boston, as well as a real estate investor. What's going on, Lien? I'm extremely excited to have you on here. How's everything going? <laughs> good, good. Just got back from a busy day. How are you doing? I hear you. I, I definitely do. I'm hanging in there myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, to kind of jump straight into things, um, you know, let's, let's get a little bit into like, you know, your real estate story and, you know, what kind of gave you the, the bug and what's kind of your, your real estate backstory. <laughs> so in terms of like myself as an investor, I, I started um, pretty haphazardly, um, around 2011, uh, give or take. So it's been like about, uh, no, maybe uh, in 13, but it's, it's been roughly 10 years or something uh, in terms of uh, me investing. Uh, my family and I bought a single family in New Hampshire, Southern New Hampshire, as where our businesses were. Um, and then we, it was an REO property and we just kind of like discovered things from there. You know, we did a renovation and then, you know, a banker knocked on our door and said, hey, like, have you considered of a HELOC, a home equity line of credit? And because we had bought that property cash, we got a cash out, which seemed like unbelievable. You know, these are all kind of things that you kind of stitch together. And mind you, these are all like, you know, as the market was like, you know, improving, you know, like we were coming out of the recession and New Hampshire's market is definitely much slower than Boston. Um, so back then, you know, we discovered it. And I remember the credit line set in the bank for um, like probably 12 months. It was 245000 that we, we bought. The house was like one sixty. and we bought, you know, we, we put in some money. Um, and so we pulled out two forty five and bought something like three multis within like, you know, six months with it. I remember walking a lot of houses and we're like, what the heck am I going to do? So during that time, you know, really focused in Manchester, New Hampshire, because that, that was where like my family and I were. Um, and then 
every 12 to 18 months from that, we grew our business. Like, you know, we bought another portfolio, seller financing in Fall River. That was a fun lesson. Um, some stuff in Fitchburg, you know, that was great too. And then like now most of my personal investments are in the Metro West. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm kind of changing my strategy a little bit, but, but fairly um, consistent with the Metro West investments. And my mom has a lot of stuff in Western Mass. That's my investing journey. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. That's crazy. Like the amount of markets and stuff like, like you've seen so many different markets, you know, like starting up in, in Manchester and, you know, Boston to Fitchburg to that's, those are some pretty drastically different markets, you know? <laughs> I know. I just feel like, like, you know, out of YouTube, your university, you yeah. know, in trial and error, I'm, I'm lucky that we're in this market and like, you know, with, I didn't buy something wrong and then like the market changes the next day, right? We, this yeah. market has been very forgiving in terms of some mistakes that we've made. Um, that's just inherently real estate. Um, so yes, I dabble in a lot of different areas, but I, I try to stay consistent with one of two strategies. And like, that's how I personally underwrite. Yeah. Um, I, you know, with regular buy and holds like the Metro West stuff, obviously cash flowing properties, um, you know, for, for the most part, this is in both of the strategies I buy turnkey or close to it. Like, you know, there's no such thing as completely turnkey properties, but, um, you know, fairly renovated, good to go. You know, I know the things that I could handle if, if something went wrong. Um, but you know, I try to buy, you know, properties in good condition. Yeah. Um, and then I rent it. I want to see value kind of right away. Is there, is there an X factor, right? Can I increase the rents in some way? Um, can I reduce expenses, right? Is there another way to make money within that property that maybe the previous owner overlooked, right? Yeah. Um, and then I'm really expanding on my Airbnb portfolio, and, um, and that's been fun and that's a kind of a different journey, but I still kind of, you know, pick more turnkey properties, areas that I feel like is growing and is um, something that I personally would, would want to stay in, um, in an area that I just enjoy personally. Yeah, no, I, I totally don't blame you at all. And to your point earlier of like, I, I don't know, I, I just can't keep thinking, yeah, I can't stop thinking about like that first home equity line, you know, off of like that first property. And like, I can just imagine like all the like possibilities, like running through everyone's heads and everything, like, you know, seeing this like, you know, crazy cash out and like all the possibilities of like how to grow this further. And like, you know, that's, that's insane, you know, and then to, to kind of jump like all the way in and, and keep picking up multis, you know, in a pretty quick amount of time. <laughs> yeah. Know? I bought in 21, five properties. So it wow. was like, it was like, I was always under contract. Yeah. You know? And like, I'm, I'm fairly consistent with that pace this year. I already started, I already closed on something this year, got under contract today, which we can kind of go into that. Um, and we'll likely buy something else in the next 60 days. Um, yeah. So it's pretty consistent in terms of my cadence. So, you know, the, the, the joke is that like I spend all my real estate commissions buying more real estate. Uh -huh. that's, that's what I do, I, I live a pretty modest life, you know, cause I, I just don't need a lot. Yeah. Um, and I just prefer my liquidity to go into real estate. That's huge. I totally agree with you. That's, that's the best way to do it, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and it's, been, it's been great. Um, and it's, it's really taking care of me. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I mean, the cool thing as well, you know, if, 
I mean, depending on like, you know, the, the property type and stuff like that, you know, if you're able to represent yourself in, in your own transactions, you know, have a little, little extra piece as well, you know, to kind of help you out a little bit. <laughs> Fun fact is I've always used agents. Um, oh, really? So, so I obviously purchased some, some off markets, which are un- unrepresented by in, yeah. in, in all cases. Um, but whenever I buy in different markets, I use an agent. Um, because I'm an agent and because I really personally value my time, mm-hmm. I understand that there's going to be experts in that space. Yeah. Um, in uh, So I, I closed on Holly House, which is uh, my Berkshire's Airbnb in October, November of last year. And um, in, I, that agent, you know, whatever they're paid, obviously I know what they're paid, uh, mm-hmm. was worth it. Like I was able to like really like, fulfill all the needs of my home in terms of vendors, in terms of like just questions about the city, everything like that from him and knowing that he's like my resource, you know, kind of indefinitely, right? I can always tap into that relationship. Um, To me, that's worth it. And uh, he did all the right things. He earned it. Um, Same thing in Maine. I bought um, the the one that I'm I'm putting together the deal on is a direct um, relationship that I have. So that's a little bit different, but I personally always use agents. That's genius. I, I love that so much. Honestly, and like that's that's probably one of the first times that that I've heard that. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it just kind of makes me think of like that, like, you know, who not how concept of like, you know, like you could either, you know, spend a bunch of time like learning about the market and like, you know, getting to know contractors over there and you know, a, a bunch of that, you know, type of thing. Or you could just go to someone who's already an expert in that area, save a bunch of time, you know, and, and, you know, could potentially like totally change things. And yeah. I mean, awesome. <laughs> and, and I see that in myself in terms of value, like, you know, somebody can call me and ask about, Hey, this strategy, you know, and I can, I can poke all the holes in it. Cause I'm like, well, that's realistic. That's probably not realistic, you know, and, and give them like very granular details about neighborhoods, about, strategy um niches and things like that because if i haven't deployed it myself i probably have witnessed a client that's done it or have some sort of touch with it that i can definitely give them some active feedback yeah and it's because i know boston really well and i I can definitely tell like say confidently that you know i'm able to provide that value in this market of course it's it's absolutely huge so what uh what kind of got you into like the Airbnb space, you know, after you know, like some buy and holds and um Airbnb is like another like fun thing that I fell into. <laughs> um and it's always like, embracing certain challenges and like frankly approaching things in like a really solutions oriented way rather than problem oriented. Um and that's what I frankly advocate to my my agents all the time. Like, you know, don't bring me problems, bring me solutions. I think that's yeah. really important. Um, so how I got into Airbnb was that we, we, you know, in, in my family and I's like, you know, journey of finding just like properties, we spent a decent amount of time in Florida and we just like, you know, we're in Naples and this was like a really crazy journey where we were there for probably three day weekend. We literally flew into Fort Myers, did a day of Fort Myers, did a half day in Cape Coral. And then the rest of the time in Naples, we looked at property in both three towns uh, those three towns and we decided to buy in Naples. We spent the entire day and we chose that house. Like it wasn't, you know, you don't go, you don't have to, we were playing Monopoly. We bought some land, we bought a house and, 
you know, thinking back now, like I'm, I'm an agent and I'm like, oh my God, like what, what, how did they believe that I was going to execute like that? You yeah. know, so, so we bought it thinking that we would spend time down there. Like Airbnb was not on our mind. It's something people talked about, but it wasn't, it just was not what our strategy was. So we didn't think about it and, uh, you know, renovated that house. It needed a little bit of love. And then we gave it to a property management company who, you know, who promised to rent it. And then I begged my mom, I said, Hey, there's Airbnb. Let me just put it on. Let me put it on. What's the worst that's going to happen. You're doing a whole lot of nothing now, you know? <laughs> and, um, and we got a booking. I swear, like right away, like we got a booking right away. And, um, the rest was kind of history in terms of that. And then, so, so we had Naples and then we had two in Vietnam. That was fun. I did rental arbitrage, the Airbnb in New Hampshire. Um, what else have I done? Like, like just really kind of fun <laughs> things that like, I just, I, when I get bored, I like, I dabble and stuff. So like yeah. all these things are very realistic and I've done all of these in the last like five-ish years. And so like, you know, people are like, oh, those opportunities don't exist. Like just open your eyes. You know, I did seller financing <laughs> with zero money down four years ago Damn. like like these things are real <laughs> oh, <Wow. just> embrace <laughs> it. that's incredible i know it, it still blows my mind i hear it all the time of like you know people that are looking directly for like short-term rentals and stuff like that they're like mm -hmm. oh you know like i don't buy anything less than like a 30 percent cash on cash and like i'm like whoa wait a minute <laughs> right, right. Hey, you know, if, like, you, if you can find me at 30 percent cash on cash <laughs> I, I know I hear like really crazy numbers like thrown around like that, you know, for people's criteria and stuff. And, you know, comparing that kind of strategy to, you know, just like a residential buy and hold, you know, like you're hoping for what, like eight, 10, something like that. Right. And then like you hear all these, these crazy numbers and it's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it can, it can definitely like, you know, be, be really like, like, I don't know, I guess like your, the numbers really shine with Airbnb, but there's also like different amount of risk. Um, can't obviously Airbnb everything, but you know, I, I'm, I'm buying three in the last six months, you know? And so, you know, I, I kind of have like really tunnel vision, obviously yeah. well, everything that I like, I just like kind of go for it. So, um, so that was like, you know, Holly and then we're buying, we're, you know, launching uh, Moose House soon and then we'll have anchor house and then we're managing um an airbnb for for a client of ours too wow yeah. so is that kind of like you know one of the things that you guys like to do is kind of pick like a theme like for each of your properties and kind of like tailor it you know kind of more more to like a theme kind of thing i guess <laughs> yeah so with with airbnb um the brand is is called stay at our house and it's myself and andrew kane who are co-founders uh, in terms of my hat, I'm mostly acquisition, you know, uh, because I'm a real estate agent, I kind of some have these, um, some of these skills and, and market knowledge. I usually am identifying properties um, and kind of like, you know, negotiating and like, I do a lot with vendor relationships and like cleaners and like handyman, et cetera. For his role, he does marketing. Um, he does like an, our entire branding um, themes. He does our design. He he will also work with some of the like construction vendors to execute on the vision. Um, I do more permanent staff, if you will. Um, so with that, we have stay at our house, H-A-U-S. 
Um, and so we decided that's our brand is stay at our house. And then Holly house um, in Holly, Massachusetts, um, Moose house, which is in Moosehead Lake, Maine. Nice. Um, we have uh, the management one. We're, we're still playing around with that, uh, but it might be uh, one of two names, Stoutman House um, or Charlie House because it, it's in Charlemont, Massachusetts. So Charlie House, because Charlemont is not really <laughs> roll off the top. Yeah. Um, and we're finalizing the details and hopefully by the time this comes out, it will be you know all buttoned up Yeah. But at, at another house in, uh, in New Hampshire on the water. That's super cool. Holy crap. Yeah. Woke wow. up today, bought, bought a house at 630. <laughs> yeah. So Leanne, what's kind of like your, your drive and your vision, like for the long term? Big question. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of, of lofty and realistic, um, but big goals for, for the L group. Yeah, I'm team lead and I obviously service a lot of clients and like I support my team members to be able to expand on their business and, you know, help a lot of clients um, to be able to execute on their their plans in Boston. Um, so we, we have a big goal. Um, our goal is 100 million of production this year. We look to be a 250 million dollar team by 2025, 25, I figure that's that's a nice match. Um, so that's our that's our goal as a real estate team. Um, you know, for myself, um, by 35, I, cause I'll put this out, out in the universe. So then you guys, uh, can be my accountability partner. <laughs> um, I want $2 million of gross rental income by the time I'm 35, which will be in uh, 2025. Yes. Um, so that is my goal. You know, I'm, I'm somewhere along that goal and that journey. Um, that's me personally, or that's, I guess, like professionally and, and like, you know, my, my investing goals. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely love that. <laughs> yeah. Like I just have a, a spreadsheet. The, the spreadsheet says road to 2 million. It used to be 1 million. That's 2 million. Hey, you got to raise the bars, right? <laughs> yeah. Of course. Fun, you know, cause I, you know, you, you don't net as much as you think, you know, yeah. so I, Definitely. Yeah. I know. I love that so much. Is um is a spreadsheet kind of like the way that like works for you best to kind of like you know track, I guess like the metrics and stuff for your goals. I I have a huge whiteboard that's off in the corner over there <laughs> with a million My things written on it. <laughs> doesn't get updated that often, but like spreadsheets are a little bit better because they're obviously interactive. Yeah. I'm a very visual person. And so I, I like to be able to kind of go back and forth and, and try to, you know, execute that way. Um, yeah, I think I, I use, um, I try to use Excel. I think yeah. that that's, that's a good metric. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. It's, um, and write random things on my mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> I know you should see the notes in my phone. It's bad. <laughs> oh, there's an idea. Um, right. I know it's kind of interesting though. I mean, especially for, you know, a lot of the people, you know, that that were around, you know, a good amount of the time and, you know, just trying to like keep everything aligned and like keep your vision straight and like make sure you're on the path to the right thing. And like, um, yeah, like I've tried a couple different things, you know, when it comes to like, you know, like writing down like goals and like affirmations and stuff like that. 
And mm-hmm. it, like, it's always been interesting because, you know, some stuff works for some people and like, it doesn't really work for others and kind of finding like, you know, what the best way is for you and everything. And it's, uh, it's a little bit tough, but there's definitely, you know, a lot of options. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely a believer in terms of like, you know, strengthening my circle, you know, you're the yeah, average yeah. Of, of the, you know, five people you surround yourself by. Uh, I'm definitely a subscriber in, in that, like, you know, thought process and um, that belief. Um, so some of the ways that I'm able to keep on track with my goals and frankly expand on some, because like, it's like some, what's on my, on my board right now is the audacity of hope, you know, which is obviously Obama's book, but it's, it's more than that to me. Um, uh, what it's like, to me, what it means is like, I have the audacity to dream, to hope, to want for more, like uh, the audacity, because people just don't think that they even have a right to dream further and said, yeah. you know what I can, because I want to, and I have the ability to achieve it. So I have the audacity, is what they means to me. That's um, Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I try to keep a really strong and tight-knit circle. Um, I'm appropriately, so, you know, social is, is, is why I like to say, like, you know, I'm, I'm out when I need to be, but, yeah. you know, try to kind of stay within your, your circle whenever possible. Um, but I'm... And a great development group, it's a professional kind of like networking and mindset group called Level Up. They're out of greater Boston area. Um, And that has been, you know, really tremendous in terms of my personal growth as well as professional. Um, Because they challenge you to kind of think about a different lifestyle, a bit different dream, a, a bigger dream, like, hey, let's just like, let's just kind of go for it. And we, like, we empower and strengthen each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely huge. I, I totally agree with you. You know, I mean, like surrounding yourself with the right people has definitely, you know, played a, a very, very big impact and, um, you know, kind of started things off for me and in the bigger picture, you know, and it's like, you can, it's crazy, like how much you can tell the difference of, I mean, even like on a lot of different levels, like say, you know, like you're just going through a transaction, like as an agent or like, you know, for one of your own properties or something. And, you know, some kind of weird case comes up and you're like, oh crap, like, you know, this could totally kill the deal or like, it could be okay. And then all of a sudden, you know, once you're able to ask like a couple people in your circle about it, they're like, oh, I've dealt with that like 10 times. Like just, you know, do this, offer this, like see how they feel about that. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, a lot of your problems, aren't really problems anymore you know and like yeah Yeah, sharing that sharing that with the right circle I think is is really important especially you know when you go like you know agency issues where it's just like you know the bs of it Um, having a safe space to like just share some of those thoughts frustration strategy uh, I think is really important yeah yeah definitely and to your point um of something you said a second ago of being able to to share these things with the right people because this is something that that I've definitely kind of experienced um and I'm, I can't really go into detail much I guess so to say but basically it's really really important you know the basically like who you share your visions and like your ideas and your dreams and stuff with because right. there might be people that you care really really a lot about but like mm-hmm. might not necessarily you know kind of have like the open-mindedness or like the interest that that you might you know as right. as a dreamer as an investor uh, entrepreneur whatever 
and they might tell you something drastically different than you know someone else who's kind of at the same level and like you know kind of thinking in in the same context and it's it's kind of a tough dynamic because like you could you know tell like two people this dream and have one person trying to like yeah I don't want to say keep you down because it sounds kind of negative but try and keep you safe I guess you could say you know and and kind of put forth like you know some of the negative like risks and everything and then you could also have that person on the other side of the spectrum that's like oh like you're just doing that like why not do double that like why not (laughs) you know and it's, it's it's interesting it's good definitely to, to guide, uh, you know, to guard rather um, yourself from those situations. And I mean, this is all certainly trial and error. Yeah. Um, I've, I've shared certain things where I just felt like, like I would have executed a little bit better if I had told the right audience, you know, uh, to be able to like really empower me with the, with the tools to be able to execute. Um, and then, you know, there are great moments when, when I am, I am in the right room. Yeah. So um, it all takes a little bit of time, but you know, it looks like you're, you're in the right path. <laughs> Thank you. And like, that's, that's something that, you know, I, I try and kind of tell as many people as possible is like, especially, you know, the amount of resources that we have that are, that are at our fingertips, like literally anybody can grow your circle as big as you want it, you know, through like bigger pockets and like social media, especially like, you know, like Instagram, Facebook, like all these kind of things, like, like, yeah, it's just, crazy how, how like, because, uh, sorry to cut you off, like, you know, um, these relationships that you have, quote unquote, but like, you've never met them. Yeah. <laughs> you're talking to them like you're like, we're buddies, you exactly. know, and I definitely have <laughs> that. I'm like, have I even met them? You know, <laughs> we're, we're friends now. And like, we chat, we obviously text, sometimes we Zoom. You know? <laughs> it's really funny that way. I know it, it's it's crazy you know and like you like you might not even have to see these people in real life like they could be on like the other side of the state or like you know if it's like a mastermind like they could be on like you know in California or like Oregon or something like that and right you know you just hit it off with people so well and um you know just just kind of egg each other on to keep moving forward and it's it's so valuable yeah we have um our like the team has its own mastermind so we follow um like a, a team, like a building, um, goal building tool. It's called four, four disciplines of execution. It's a book. It's called 40 X abbreviated. And, um, we, you know, that's our mastermind. We meet every Wednesday morning and, uh, you know, everybody has like, a, um, a goal, a lead measure. Um, so we have a wig, which is your wildly important goal. You know, you, you have that, that's a hundred million. And then we're, we're able to support each other and say, Hey, you're responsible for X. Like, you know, what have you done? Um, but it doesn't feel like, like it's an oblig- obligatory item, you know, to be able to, to check off. These are all like, you know, really collaborative goals that we have together. And like, we're always supporting each other and helping each other in some way. Yeah. It's, they're absolutely huge. You know what I mean? It's, um, yeah, <laughs> totally just forgot where I was going with that. But no, it's and it's funny you say that about, you know, like sometimes, you know, those kind of things can be like, you know, the quote unquote, like obligatory, like, oh, crap, like I have to do this. Like, you know, that kind of stinks. But, you know, with some of those kind of things and like, you know, the masterminds and like if you, you know, we're starting meetups or, you know, just kind of like team based, like, th- you know, things to do to grow, you know, and it's. Like, it doesn't feel like a, like an obligation, you know, it's more of like, you know, 
like, yeah, there are stuff to do. And like, you might have another checklist to do, but one, it's usually really fun. And two, you know, multiple people are growing at the same time. So it's like, <laughs> you definitely feed off that the energy of the group or the people in the room. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I totally agree. So Leanne, I, I like to, I do like to ask this question to everybody because it, it uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just kind of like to see people's reactions because um, it, it's a little bit deeper than the rest of them. So how do you define wealth? Mm, that's important because <laughs> I, I always like am striving to be wealthy and not rich. Like, you know, yep. rich me seems a little crass, frankly. Um, how do I find wealthy? I think somebody who is wealthy versus somebody who is not wealthy, right? Um, I think it's freedom. Yeah. And I like, that's something that I've always like strive for, you know, um, I've had certain experiences in my past where I didn't set, like feel like I had freedom and like a true, true control of like how I was going and like what direction I wanted to take or could take. Right. But while to me means freedom, it means freedom in love, right? Like, like to be able to be like wealthy and happiness, I think is, is important. Um, like, like you have like an abundance of it, like that. I, I love you so much. It doesn't really matter what I share, you know, um, that like, there's, there's so much for everybody. I think like, you know, that's a, that's a more, I guess, like rosy picture of wealth. And then you have like financial, right. And like going back to that, that one word of freedom, you know, saying that someone's wealthy means that they frankly don't have to work. And people do because human nature, I think, always needs a certain purpose, a certain goal and, you know, something to believe in. But, you know, you are no longer waking up and having to, to grind for that dollar. And, yeah. and you do something just to support your mission. Sometimes that work needs money, you know, because nonprofits <laughs> need money to be able to move forward. But, uh, you know, having that, that freedom, that, that, that wealthy mindset, you know, allows you to be able to make decisions, not, not specifically financially driven. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely love that. You know, I, I feel like everything pretty much just kind of like really boils down to like just happiness, mm -hmm. you know, and like, you know, like if you are able to, you know, like buy enough rental properties or start that business or, you know, do whatever you have to do to be able to get into like, you know, a financial position to be able to, you know, have more time and stuff on your hands. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, I absolutely love like, uh, yeah, I <laughs> can't talk today. I absolutely love when people use that word abundance, you know, like just because I feel like it's so like it's so big in like a lot of different contexts, you know what I mean? Like if you're able to have that financial aspect and be able to create that, you know, now you might not have to work that nine to five job and everything that you absolutely hate. And, you know, now you're able to get your time back and now, you know, all of a sudden you can work out at 10 AM, you know, on a Tuesday, you know what I mean? And be able to, you know, like see your son's game or something at like four o'clock in the afternoon or, or whatever the case is. Um, yeah. And it, I just, I feel like it's so important, you know, to, to basically just kind of shoot for that and, and have that kind of mentality because it's like some, one thing too, is like, it's more possible than a lot of people think, you know, right. and like, like there are lots more people out there. I feel like even like that are close, like, 
like walking or like driving distance that have done this kind of thing. Like it's more possible than pe what people think. It's just so untraditional that like people think you're absolutely crazy. You know, if you kind of tell the, I guess like not the most open-minded, uh, you know, people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, for the most part, my circle has always been like entrepreneurs, like, you know, like, like self-employed yeah. people. And so like, that's, that's always has been like kind of a, a do or die, um, you know, environment I've been into. So for the most part, anyways, you know, I definitely have friends who are regular W2 and stuff like that. Um, but I, I, for the most part, surround myself with those types of people who are open to this idea. I mean, because I also talk about it in a really realistic way and I just explain it to people. I said, hey, listen, you you got X amount on your mattress. Like, what is it like literally doing for you? You know, and like, you can do this and it, it becomes, you know, a residual and like, et cetera. A book I think about a lot is um, The Richest Man in Babylon, yeah. you know? Yep. Um, and that's such a short little read, but, you know, it, it helps me to visualize that, like, you know, money should be your slave and your slave should bear children and like, you know, and, um, and have, have more for you. Yeah. And so, and, and work for you. I think that was the quote. Um, but that's just something really important to remember is that money's a commodity, right? But it's a tool, like you should be able to use that tool to satisfy whatever you need. Yeah. You know, there was, um, there was an analogy, I probably got it from a book, or it probably was a book that I heard a couple years ago. And it was basically to your point of like, you know, money being compared to, to fuel, you know, like gas, mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, like how, like, if you use, you know, gasoline, like you can put it into vehicles, you know, which like a car or it could be, you know, like stocks, real estate, whatever, to drive you to your vision you know, or like you could just let that gas like, you know, sit in the fridge and like, you know, for years and years and nothing happens. And, you know, you're still at the same place, you know, because you never got in the car to drive anywhere. Yeah. And it's just like, ever since like somebody, somebody told me that I was like, whoa, like, <laughs> it's a mindset change. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's definitely seeing how, um, how actually, frankly, it's pretty simple. Yeah. I know. And, and it's kind of interesting, like, like kind of how simple it is, like even to like, um, like the rich dad, poor dad type of mentality of like, literally, you know, assets and liabilities. And like, I don't, I don't know, like, it just it boils down, you know, in, in such a way like, that it's so simple, but like the vast majority of people like aren't doing it, you know, and it's interesting to see kind of like how generations have um you know just just kind of followed the the stream i guess you could say and you know not really bat an eye and then like all it can take is that one person to actually start to question things and then you know you find this abundance of of information and uh you know it's it's crazy <laughs> yeah but i mean i think everyone has a different risk tolerance and like you know in talking to a lot of different people people call me about real estate people call tell me talking about you know something else yeah. but you know um i can i can kind of figure out you know fairly quickly what's their risk tolerance and i can't answer that for them everyone's different yeah. but like you know in the example of myself and, and my brother right we grew, we grew up in the same environment, more or less, right? Like same household, same same family, everything. But my brother is is a policeman, 
and he loves like collecting his his you know his check and working overtime and and just being able to show up and know that he he's able to get his money yeah. um inherently because my mom does real estate i i do real estate this isn't like a, a secret code to him this is very obvious yeah. you know and he's seen that power in himself he, he bought a condo 225 and he he sold it uh, it was like in 19, he just sold it this, this spring, uh, or maybe it's winter now, um, for 310, you know, he walked away with a really good, like, you know, and, and he didn't do it. <laughs> like we all know he didn't do anything. Um, but that's just the market. And like, like, you know, and he sees that firsthand, but he's still not willing to take the risk to be able to, you know, to, to buy a multi or something for him. He's very happy with his town home. Maybe he'll, he'll buy a single. doesn't really matter. Yeah. Just because we understand a certain language doesn't mean that everyone else has to be able to, I guess, follow suit. Yeah. Um, and it took me a while just to just like accept that that's okay. People are just built differently. That's okay. I don't blame you. That's that's something that uh, that I've actually started to kind of realize recently. Um, is that even though like you know we might eat, sleep, and breathe real estate, and like it, you know, it's like the craziest thing, and you know, we like we love it so much. It's it's like other people aren't going to feel the same way about it. Like, even though, like, I think it might, like a big part of it might just be like the really life-changing, you know, possibilities and opportunities that can happen from like, even just buying like, you know, a two or a three family or something like that, you know, mm -hmm. like give it to a property manager and like, you know, like just the possibilities like, oh, dude, like, you know, like you can build up a ton of equity over time and like, you know, just outsource as much as you can. And like, just like using it as a tool, even if like, you know, you're not trying to buy like one, two, three, 10, 50 buildings, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. just kind of comparing that to like, you know, a 401k or something like that. And like just the, the possibilities, you know, and it's, it is, it is definitely a hard pill to swallow. Cause like, you know, we get so excited about it and everything and like, oh dude, like all this crazy stuff is happening. And like it, we, we've seen it change a lot of lives. You know, and it's like, oh, dude, like, you know, like you can do this too. Like, like, you know, here are the three steps and some people just oh, don't yeah. want it. Like, and, yeah, and that's I can fine. Write a book about it. Like you, you want me to write a book? I'll write like, you know, like, <laughs> like you know, I yeah. think people oftentimes, you know, one, like they're scared to, to, to execute fine. That's okay. But you know, and you'll, you'll, I'm sure you've run into this with different, um, prospects or sometimes sometimes people call you and they say hey and you know i'm new to real estate really want to get started and then you you discover that they think that you're the magic pill that like you being analysis paralysis in your house doing whatever you're going to do but if you pick up the phone a phone and call me that i have the answers for you and i'm going to help you execute <laughs> i'm happy to like you know guide you there you know yeah. because that's our job and and that's that's how i feel fulfilled as a person but I, I can't, you know, I can't get in the car, drive with you, make you buy this house, yep. right? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a tool that you can use to be able to get to your goal. Um, but it's really funny. People think that talking to me or any agent, I'm sure you, is the solution to their analysis paralysis. Like, yeah. no. Getting exactly. pre-approvals is not the reason why you're going to buy a house. <laughs> not going to happen. You're going to buy it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. No, no. I think it's interesting too. Like, I wonder if it's just from like, like, I don't know if it's maybe like a, 
I don't know, just kind of like a popular opinion that like, you know, an investor focused agent, like, like you said, like they're literally the key, like, you know, I'll give you Leanne's number, give her a buzz. And like, you know, she'll literally solve all your problems. Like just save your money. And like, you know, everything will be great, which will be true. Definitely. But <laughs> you know, it's, I, I totally agree with you. You know, like you still have to put a lot of work in, like, it's not just like putting people in the right order and being like, all right, like run with it. You know, like everything will be great. You know, I'll make a ton of money and quit my job and, and whatever. But I don't know. I, I feel like that that picture is kind of painted sometimes, you know, of, of agents, you know what I mean? It kind of in this, in this aspect is like, you know, it's, it's not just kind of like a, you know, like a catch all type of thing. And like, you know, just because you have money, like, you know, and you're going to an agent, like they'll, you know, everything takes a little bit of time, Yeah, you know, and sometimes I'll just, you know, I kind of talked about this with a, a client recently. I just asked them because they just weren't like really responsive and people are busy. That's okay. Yeah. And I just asked them, I was like, do you think you're in a position to buy a house right now to make an investment? I don't say that accusatorily, right? Like, do you think realistically you are in a position to do that? Cause it will take time. It'll certainly take money, but yep. hard, right? Time away from your family and your kids and whatever you have at home. Are you in a position to do that right now? Yeah, you know, and I think that they're probably a little shocked that I asked them that because that's so direct. But maybe, maybe this is your out. Say yeah. no. It's exactly, okay. and that's. Yeah. I feel like those kind of conversations a lot of people are scared to have, you know, because it's it's definitely not glamorized. But those are some of the conversations that mean the most, you know, and and being able to tell people like, oh, hey, man, like, you know, I don't know if this is the house for you, you know, and like. Cause I mean, like, that's what it is at the end of the day, you know, like we're, we're trying to set people up with, you know, some of these, these investments and stuff. And, you know, a, a lot of people buying like their first house sack or their first flip or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I don't know, like, I don't know. I like it. I, I have a lot of respect, you know, for, for basically, you know, agents and like people that have to have some of those conversations sometimes of like, Hey, like, you know, there was a couple of things wrong with this. Like, you know, I don't know if this is the one for you and it's, you know, cause I mean, a lot of people out there might just be like, all right, you know, you want to put an offer in, like we'll shoot like 40 K low and, and hope for the best. It like, it's a whole different conversation, you know, and it's. <laughs> oh, I kind of tackle like, you know, a client seeing like a property that I just don't feel like is, is competent for them or like, yeah. you know, in the condition, whatever. I just always point out the X things right like you know look the, the foundation yeah it has you can kind of see through it um you know is that comfortable for you yeah I just that. it's very easy like is that comfortable for you if you feel comfortable with that that's the information you feel good we're good it's your house yep i also say that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yep you yeah, know i i totally agree and like that's that's some of those that or those conversations are uh you get a lot out of those conversations, you know what yeah. I mean? Like you, you learn a lot about, you know, the, the client and their needs, like a, a lot past, you know, just shopping for a house, like what makes them scared, like, you know, kind of solutions and, and stuff like that, you know, that can be had. And I don't know, it just, it, it makes you more aware. And I think it makes them a lot more aware too, you know, that like you're like on their side, you know, for exactly what they're looking for and everything. And, you know, you're, you're right there next to them. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's an agency is definitely a relationship game, and, and people have like you know some some good instincts about people, and it should feel good, you know. Um, I I think that myself, like sometimes walking in a property with a client, and literally walking right out, and they're like, "Why'd you walk out?" And say, "Well, walk in." I I I personally don't think it's the right house for you, and they walk in and they find out for whatever reason, it's not the right house for them. And they're like, you don't want to walk the whole thing. And I said, your time's valuable. Do you want to walk through the whole thing? You know, and it, it's so simple. Like they're startled by it. And it's like, we don't have to do the dance. This is not the house. Yeah. You no. Know? And I, I learned that frankly from um, some wealthier clients that I have. Um, they're, they're very intentional with their time. And I learned like to respect other people's time, certainly respect mine, right? That is not it. It's not it. Let's go. Yeah. go. That makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Like, so do I that mean, this weekend. <laughs> okay. You know, you know, kind of right away. Like, oh my you God. Do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so good. You right? definitely do. And so you walk in and you say, oh, it's not it. <laughs> you don't have to look at the basement. Why go to the attic? Exactly. Yep. And I don't know about you, Leanne, but like when I'm on a showing, I like to, if possible, to see the basement first because. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, in my opinion, like, you know, depending on what's in the basement, I mean, obviously, like, you know, you don't want to ignore like what's above that, like unit count, and, like potential, you know, change in rooms around and adding bedrooms and whatever the case is. But I feel like if you're able to look in the basement first, then it it tells you a lot, you know, and like, <laughs> like, yeah, I feel I like, I, I mean, I, I don't explicitly do that first. But yeah, like, the basement's the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? the fun part, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the good stuff for sure. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like that's kind of a habit that I've built up um, is to try and look in the basement first. You know what I mean? And like, if you see like, oh, like there's knob and tube in there, like the basement's literally like you know a basketball-sized hole over there. Like it's mm -hmm. you know there's three inches of water in here. Like, right. It, you know, it, it might kind of, you know, kind of mess with. Well, I don't want to say mess with, but. It could make you a, well, yeah, it could influence your decision on the rest of the building very, very quickly, <laughs> depending yeah, on what you find. <laughs> fundamentals, you know, all the stuff is in the basement. Yeah, it yeah. definitely you is the fun see a stuff. lot of uh, termite damage in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, Leanne, what is your best piece of advice to new investors that want to start and manage their rental portfolio? or even to like buy their first building or, or jump into real estate. <laughs> so there's two pieces to that question, right? Like, like what's the, you know, the, the first part is like someone who wants to self-manage. Um, I would say, don't do it. Uh, don't do it at all. Um, <laughs> especially in the situation where you're doing it as a buy and hold, when you don't like, you don't live on the property, you're not doing house hack because it's yeah. not very nor typical for people to, um, to house hack and, and get management. That's pretty rare. Yeah. <laughs> there. Particularly for clients who are just doing regular 25% down, they want to park some money and diversify their portfolio. Do not invest, uh, do not manage your own property. A great way to never buy a building again is to manage it. <laughs> you only buy one building in your lifetime. Uh, okay. That is it. <laughs> That's it. There's, there's no secret sauce there. And like, I, I found that like, I've learned this lesson a million and one times. Oh, it's going to be different this time. It's going to be all right. I promise. It's never different. <laughs> you know, don't go back to that guy. He's not different. <laughs> um, so in all seriousness, um, 
you know, I found like, you know, when I was buying like a, a new batch of properties, now that I've gotten rid of my trash, we're going to start new. I wouldn't even drive to the house to get rent. Like, like, you know, I wouldn't even do the things and literally money was sitting there waiting for, I wouldn't even go. I was like, oh, I'm busy. The check's there, you yeah. know, and then you would find something else. And I was like, something's got to give, like, I can't freaking do this, you know? And so I, I hired a management right away and, and I never looked back. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so I would say that if you're regular 25%, do not manage your own property because you are so busy in your own life doing literally anything else to be listening to these people talk to you. Yep. That's that. I think the house hacker should manage your own property simply because there's just so many things about the house you don't even know. There's no yeah. inspector that can, can, can teach you about, uh, you know, the, the actual property, like, you know, how to tinker and things like that. There's no agent that can really guide you in terms of these conversations with tenants. You know, you can read the experience is, is gained through like landlording, right? So I would definitely encourage it. Um, you know, and then obviously once you move out to like really remove yourself from that situation and don't answer the tenant's text. <laughs> um, in terms of like an eight of, you know, a newbie wanting to really get started. Um, I think, you know, depending on where they are in their like in investing journey and like how financially competent they are, um, you know, some people starting at 18, like, you know, discover this thing now that we have like bigger pockets and YouTube and stuff, uh, I would definitely start to establish a W-2, you know, and like people find that out the hard way. Even if you're a 1099 worker, right? People are always frankly trying to cheat taxes and like do this and, and weasel their way. It bites you when you claim you make $23,000 last year, why would they give you a $500,000 house? In <laughs> what world does that make sense? Oh, but I have the cash. No, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, you know, that's fundamentals. Yep. And so I, you know, if you're an 18 person, like, you know, I, those were some of the advice that I would give is like establish good credit, you know, good, um, good job, like an employment history um, and certainly save as much as you can. If you're a professional now moving to like a 30 year old, you're right. Like, you know, starting who probably has a, a decent career. Um, I would figure out like, you know, kind of geographically where you want to be, um, and then start visiting some open houses. Likely at this age, you, you have some, some savings typically, um, you have a good, good job by then. And then, you know, you want to go look at open houses and just ask yourself, do I want to live here? You'll, you'll answer that question very quickly. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, then you can decide if, if you're a condo buyer in the city, you know, you're, you know, trying to house hack by bedrooms or you, you don't mind moving out to Framingham and buying a two family because you can obviously get more bang for your buck out there. Yeah. You know, I would say those are some of my advices. That's awesome. No, and, and to your point in there, one thing that I realized was um, especially like if you're looking for like your first house sack, like mm -hmm. I feel like it's, it's very, very important to, to, you know, remember to ask that question of, you know, if you're comfortable living in, in this building. Um, because I feel like at least, you know, for me, you know, when I was um, going through or eh, don't, you know, going to like a lot of showings and stuff like that, you know, trying to buy my first place, like, you know, the numbers might look great. But then you realize like, oh, you know, I actually have to live in this for a little bit, you know, and like, depending on how you treat that yeah, situation, that, that's, a, that's a whole nother thing. But, <laughs> right? you know, but 
I mean, it's, it's pretty important. I mean, even like, you know, thinking about things like parking, like, oh, you know, like this is like a six bedroom duplex, like, you know, in this, you know, awesome street, you know, part of town and everything. But there's, you know, two on street spots, you know, and like the other ones are like right there, you know, right. like thinking about the winter time. And like, if you're going to be living in there, like you and your tenant could be fighting against each other to get the parking spot or something. And right. right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do that. But those no. are all, <laughs> you know, especially in a, in a house hack kind of situation rather than just, you know, buying it, you know, 25% down or whatever. Yeah. Invest from there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's absolutely awesome. Now, my last question for you, Leanne, I like to ask this one too. And, and we already kind of talked about a lot of it uh, quite a bit, but the question is, do you read? And what is your favorite business investing or real estate book that you would recommend to anyone? Uh, do I read? I do. Um, last book I read was um, the Nike book, like, you know, with Phil Knight. Uh, I forgot the name. A shoe dog. Yeah, I just finished that one. I just went to Mexico and I I read that. Um, That was a good one. I'm about to uh, get into. I am. uh, Oh no, understanding Michael Porter is a is a recommendation from a a friend of mine. It just talks about like business and and uh, competencies and um, and advantages. And it's very much like a dense business book. Um, So I've been frankly procrastinating reading it, but it's it's one of those things, you know. exercise, drink the juice. Like, you know, you're supposed to do it. Okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. it. I promise Um, I'll do it. Um, I am procrastinating on that. I say, you know, some of the fundamental books that I've read that I feel like is, is like, you know, your, your like absolute core of like, you know, business 101 and, and just life 101 is, um, certainly, you know, rich dad, poor dad, which is, you know, our, our Bible. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, Cashflow Quadrant, you know, I think is really important book, which is Man in Babylon, which I talked about. Um, it's, uh, what is this book? I think it's called The Power of Habit. Uh, it talks about Keystone Habit. It has a yellow, um, yellow cover. I think it's called Power of Habit. And that was really great. And that mm-hmm. was something that fundamentally changed my life. Yeah. Um, knowing that there's a Keystone Habit and like that will basically expand out into like all the improvements of your other life, uh, other parts of your life. Um, that's been really good. Um, I haven't I read that, um, the, like the 10x one uh, that you mentioned earlier, like the four. Um, oh, the four, like the, uh, four, um, four disciplines of execution. Yeah, that's that's a dense book. Um, that's a book that you want to read. You probably uh, want to reread. Um, but I like the thin green line. The thin mm-hmm. green line talks about um, uh, wealthy people and not their privileges, but the, it's um, it talks about basically equity, generational equity, and like you know the things. Let's say your grandfather did that really built the the right foundation for you to be able to like get to today. Yeah. Um, and, and your your position in the world, you know, because all of our ancestors have have created opportunities for us, right? Um, and so it, the Thin Green Line is a good book. That sounds like a cool one. Yeah, there's a yeah, couple. Of, they're, they're, they're like good little reads. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a couple in there that I I'll definitely add on my list. <laughs> yeah, those sound great. Yeah, but yeah. 
thank you so so much for coming on here leanne that was absolutely awesome where on um like social media and stuff can you be found i'll drop uh, everything social media <laughs> this is my name leanne vong underscore mm -hmm. um on linkedin vong l v u o n g l i think it's underscore um there's oh, not fine. many <laughs> So you okay finding me. No, you can't because I'm probably doing a bad job uh, being a real estate agent, but you can't find me. Um, and then email is uh, Leanne at thelgroup.com. Awesome. Yeah. Guys, definitely reach out to Leanne. Again, thank you so, so, so much for coming on here. All right, guys, that concludes our Creating Wealth podcast episode for today. I want to thank every single person that has listened this far. It really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together. Hopefully you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. If you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Bigger Pockets. Until next time, let's